For everything you want to know about real estate, it's time to take action. Schedule today. Ron and Don sit down.com is the way. Hey, you guys. Are you ready for the best show in the Pacific Northwest? Here's my dad to his boyfriend and I mean friend. Hey, you guys. What's going on? It's episode 169. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios. He's Ron. I'm Don. Want to reach out to us? Let's do it. Ronanddonsitdown.com. And we have some brand new books that we created. So if you're a buyer, we have a buyer's book. If you're a seller, we have a seller's book. Reach out to us, Ron at Windermere.com. Just write us. And he'll be glad to send you one of those books. If you're getting ready to buy, sell, invest, the best thing to do right now, even if you're three months, six months, 12 months out, is to educate yourself. And that's what these books have done that we've created. We want to share those with you. So it's all up at ronandonsitdown.com. You can reach out to us or go to Ron directly, ron at windermere.com. We're going to talk about travel. We're going to talk about that elephant downtown. Before we get to that, let's get to this. Seattle Seahawks. Trying to go five and zero on Sunday night football. Here's what's interesting to me: I, as I watch football, I have to say, and specifically as I watch the Seattle Seahawks, I'm really enjoying the game without the annoying fans that call themselves the Twelves uh, uh, up in the stadium. Because what has happened with the 12s, and and you see this with people that go to the games who get all dressed up, they aren't going to watch a football game. In fact, most of them know nothing about the football game. In fact, many of them will charge you, will charge you to take a picture with them. And in fact, during the game, some of them don't even go into the game. They're standing out on the tarmac charging people $5, $10, $15, $20 to take a picture with them. It's a way that they generate money. And if you stand there and you want to have a Seahawk conversation with them, or you want to talk about the old school Seahawks, a lot of times these people are pretenders, fakers. They were never 12s. They weren't here when the Seahawks were born back in the 70s. They have no idea who Jim Zorn to Steve Largent is. They just don't know. They weren't here when the kingdom got blown up. They weren't, and we all were, right? So at the end of the day, I have to say this. The brand of football that I'm watching is a better brand of football without having the annoying 12s. And the reason is the offense and the defense, they can hear each other. It really is mano-a-mano out there. It really is coach against coach. And I think it's pretty cheap. When a crowd can get really loud, and sometimes that's artificial, you can make that other team jump off sides, and then we don't get the very best out of the other team. And then we, we, we get cheap pickup yards. And instead of earning those yards... We're trying to trick that other team into making a mistake, coming across the line, coming across the neutral zone, and then as a result of that, we advance, we get a first down onto three points or a touchdown. The brand of football, you guys, is better. This is what's also interesting to me. If you're Pete Carroll, if you're the Seattle Seahawks, they're finding out. Because if they go 5-0, and they've never gone 5-0 and in team history. They're finding out they don't need the 12s. Well, um, that's an interesting take. I think it depends on if you're watching it 
how you're watching it. So for, for a lot of people, their entrance to football, their gateway to football, because they didn't play. Like you played and you were a very good player, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, your offensive numbers, eh, not as good as your defensive numbers. I were great, actually. Uh, and so I think you have a, a, you know, you've watched a lot of game film in your life. You've talked to a lot of, you know, NFL quarterbacks in your life. You've worked for NFL teams. And so the way you watch a game is very different than the way other people watch a game. So if I'm just a fan, and I never played the game. The game day experience is my experience. It's a, it's the, the ritual of doing that has value. Tailgating, uh, meeting up with friends. Like my my family's been a season ticket holder to the Denver Broncos my entire life. They became very good friends with the group of people that were around them. Uh, and you would send each other Christmas cards and you would know when your daughter got married and you would talk about family and someone would pass away and you'd see each other year in and year out, the same crew, and, and they became sort of your, your community. Uh, and so that game day experience is something that whether or not you know what a cover two is or whether or not you know, uh, you know what, what the offensive formation was, you know what you like. And you like the energy, you like the game, you like to go there. And yeah, there are that the you know three percent of people that are just annoying fans, but you get that in anything. Like those, there's the same three to five percent of people when you go to a rock concert that are annoying rock concert. My people. point is though, when you watch football and you don't have teams jumping off sides, I, I think the jumping offside penalty is one of the worst penalties in the game. It stops the game. You go to commercial. The the players on both sides get frustrated. Uh, some of the fans feel like they got one over. Uh, and that, to me, shouldn't be the game of football. I'm enjoying the fact that on both sides of the balls, these, these players can hear each other. And we're seeing a better brand of football. We're seeing less penalties as a result of that. And I am enjoying this NFL season like never before. And I love when they do, do cutaways. And it's cutaways of the players. And it's not... Uh, and I have to be careful because I think she was sick. Uh, pom pom mom, right? And and so I, I don't want to make fun of pom pom mom. Uh, I get your point but, though. But some of the other fans that are there just kind of me mugging, and that's who we see uh, coming and going from break. I really like the 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 games this year really being focused on these players, the things that matter to these players, and I think the NFL is doing a better job so, of introducing us to these players. And and I have to give the NFL some credit here too. They are playing some commercials that involve players that have to do with a Black Lives Matter movement. And these commercials literally are black and white. I mean, these commercials take a stand. These commercials are not right down the middle. There are so many uh, NFL fans right now that cringe, cringe when they see the names of black people that have been shot and killed and murdered by police, when they see those on NFL helmets, they cringe as a result of that because somehow they have this baked into their head that that name on that helmet equates with the fact that I lost my dad in Iraq and you're being disrespectful to the flag, right? So this whole this, this whole issue of your workforce mostly being black and one of your best quarterbacks exiting the league by taking a knee, by doing something in my mind that wasn't disrespectful. When I go to church, I knee, kneel. Before I go into the pew, I kneel. Most of the mass, you're kneeling. When you get up to leave to go to the bathroom, you have to kneel. It's all about kneeling. And so for Colin Kaepernick, 
he did a respectful thing in my mind, and now he still can't get back in the league. You look at these commercials, though, the NFL has certainly taken a stand, and and I think it's probably costing them revenue. So let me ask you this when we close this. It's not about that, but about the NFL. They are batting around a, a proposal right now that says this. We don't know how many games each squad's going to be able to play this year. What about doing playoffs by winning percentage and not by your actual record? So let's say the Tennessee Titans that have had an outbreak of COVID. Uh, let's say their record is 10 and 3 and they play three less games than everybody else. Maybe they make the playoffs and another team that played all 16 games, maybe they have 11 and four, 11 wins or whatever. You get, you get my point. The NFL is throwing this around that like we can't control that. We can't make up three games in a league where you get a week off between games. Uh, and so there could be a team out there that goes nine and one. Uh, and they just couldn't play for no fault of their own, and that team maybe makes the playoffs. Are, you, are run, you okay with I, that? Then if I was a team, I would rush out and get COVID. Because then I would have two or three bye weeks. So I would just go get COVID. Because uh, you can see that none of these NFL players are dying from it. I don't know if they're real sick as a result of it. We haven't heard. Uh, but just go get COVID. Take a couple weeks off. The reason the game is different that way, and it's a really interesting question, right? Because baseball, when you go out and play baseball, guys play baseball 162 games a year. Uh, and that's just the regular season. When they're not playing baseball, they're somewhere in another part of the world playing for another league, right? You're always playing baseball year-round when you're a baseball player. Same with basketball. They're always playing basketball. Always playing basketball. With football, when you play a game, it's a car wreck. It's a car accident. So if you're saying there's going to be a team out there that's going to benefit by having three less car accidents, uh, that team really uh, has a unique benefit compared to those other teams. So you're saying that have been you able send to grind, like it, you, grind it out and, and stay safe. You send so. your, your third string practice guy in to get COVID. Yeah, just send him out. Go get COVID. Come <laughs> back, and then we're gonna look all at see. you. You're the Bill Belichick of uh, strategizing. You can do whatever it takes. Yeah. It's interesting though. You, you have it's to, an you, interesting you, theory. You, you have to admit because of the damage that uh, the NFL and playing a game does on your body, it, it would give you a competitive advantage. It so. would, except the flip side is that you could get lung damage and end your career early. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. I had grown to trust the image of Ron and Don, you know, doing their their advocacy for all the charities and stuff that they do. And I thought, well, they seem like good guys. Let's go for it. When I uh, decided to put my home on the market, it was a natural for me to choose them to list the property. Ron and Don proposed a sit-down, so they came over to our house. They came super prepared, and they came more in learning mode, right, and what was important to each of us. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on, you know, when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. They were precise and clear. They managed our expectations well. If Don saw, you know, a risk or an area of concern he wanted us to be aware of, they just they just did a superb job. And they seemed personally interested in the houses we would tour. I think both of them said at some point when we were apologizing at how many houses we looked at, said, we love looking at houses. They didn't hesitate to jump in and make this the house for us. They do have a way of making you feel like they're your only client. 
client. <laughs> That's super important to me. I don't think we'd have this house if, if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. I think I was just so impressed with the quality of the work that they did. We had multiple offers. $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. The buying process was wonderful, and the selling process felt like we were their most important project. I, I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Hey you guys, welcome back to episode 169 of the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget we're licensed brokers at Windermere. And if you want one of our new buyer's guides, these are guys that Ron and I have personally written and you're thinking about buying. Maybe not now, sometime next year. Let's get you a guy. Let's get a guy in your hands. Write us, ronanddonsitdown.com. You can reach out to us personally and we'll get that guy to you. Also, if you're selling, if you're thinking about selling, this guide will do an incredible job of preparing you to sell the kind of questions that you should be asking. What are net proceeds? What are some of the things that you are going to have to consider when it comes to insurance? What's a rent back? Well, how does that work? All that's in our brand new book, our brand new guides. Just write us, ronadonsitdown.com. Ron's getting ready to travel. Talk about that in a moment. Before we do that, let's do this. I was standing out in front of one of our clients' homes the other day, and we're getting ready to bring this online. And one of our vendors had come out and just really had a tough time with a dogwood tree. Uh, and when he got done with the dogwood tree, this, this vendor had told me that he was an arborist. And he was what we found out, he's not an arborist. He's a murderer of dogwood trees. He murdered this tree. I sent you a picture. He said arsonist. What's that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. So anyway, I had to bring my, I called my friend Jennifer, who is an arsonist, uh, an arborist, I'm sorry. And we brought her out. We were able to fix this tree. So I'm sitting there and I'm apologizing, apologizing, apologizing. Because this is the tree that they look at when they sit on their back deck. They've been living in this house for almost two decades, and they are so proud of this tree. They showed me trees when it's in full bloom and everything else. And we had come out, and we had just we had murdered this tree. I felt so bad about it, so bad. In fact, I went there over the weekend on my own, rake in hand, just trying to do whatever I could uh, because I take these things really personal. And what happened to that tree? I was going to pull it out of the ground. I was going to plant a new one, whatever it took. Uh, so anyway, we figured out a remedy uh, for the tree. Second thing that we needed to do is a lot of times we have our homes that we're going to uh, – uh, share with the world. We have those inspected. And one of those inspections that you like to have, you like to have a full inspection. And then also when you're out in the country, because this place is kind of out in the country, you want to have a pest inspection. So the good news is in this particular house, there's not a pest problem, but <laughs> I'm standing there in the driveway. This is after the dogwood debacle, after the dogwood has been murdered by one of our vendors, you and I. And I think, okay, everything's copacetic. Everything's cool. The guy, the, 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 the guy, and I'm just going to say their name because I called them the other day and, and they didn't see what I was seeing. And, and, and so I'm just going to throw this out there. And, and they're a really good company. They're a great company, you guys, and you should use them. Their, their names are the East Side Exterminators. And so we had called East Side Exterminators to come out. And Bobby jumps out of the rig, could not have been nicer. And he just runs around 
uh, and does a quick look, see, and says, yeah, you don't have a pest issue. And then that way uh, we can tell, we can inform people that are thinking about buying this property. Hey, we know we're out in the country here. Uh, pests have not been an issue. On the side of the truck though, on the side of the truck when he pulls in, side of the truck, it says rats.com on the side of the truck. It's, it's big, as big as you can put something on the side of a truck rats.com and then really really small uh east side exterminators and so i'm standing there going here here we are bringing this house to market the neighbors don't know that we're bringing it to market yet and we all know that neighbors talk and have conversations right and i'm just like i wish the folks at east side exterminators could think like a realtor who is selling this home is thinking because when you have a truck pulling the driveway and it's just blaring, rats.com, rats.com, rats.com. <laughs> we have just murdered their tree and I have a truck in the driveway at a house that does not have a rat problem that says rats.com. And we're only having the house looked at out of abundance of caution. So anyway, I thought after we murdered this tree, and after rots.com, if I don't get fired from this, these people are really lovely and unbelievable, which they are. I called these side exterminators. I said, do you see the problem with putting rats.com? Do you see what yeah, I do you, see? Do you see the problem of putting rats.com on the side of your truck? And they said, you know, we never thought about that. Yeah. And from a marketing standpoint, it's genius because you're talking about it. It's easy to remember yeah. if you're driving down the road. Uh, it's easier to remember that URL. I can, I can, yeah, I can see why. I can so see why it's on. If the it's side available, of I would have bought it because yeah. that'd be worth a lot of money. So I, I, from a marketing standpoint, it's genius. From a PR standpoint, for a homeowner, yeah. not so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is a, that's a good point. It's a yeah. very good point. You know, our seller's like, we don't have a rats problem, do we? You're like, no. Then why, there's a, why is there a truck out front that you brought here that says rats.com on it? That's fair. It's let a me, fair, fair let question. Let me go talk to Bobby and find out. I just love that, that any good exterminator, their name should be Bobby. It should be Sonny. It should be Billy. You know, something, a, with, something with an E on it, right? As a sidebar, trimming a tree seems like something you should be able to do. And then you get in there, yeah. it's a lot harder than you think. Like, I, I tried to trim a tree once, an apple tree. Yeah. You're like, how hard can it be? It's hard. You just cut a couple things off, you make it round. Like, yeah. it's a, it is not easy. Like, people that do that, they're very, very scared. Next thing, we literally had... Uh, we you turned had, it into a Charlie Brown tree. We had a tree. No, that's not fair to Charlie Brown. <laughs> that's not fair. All right, we come back. Ron's about to get ready to travel. You're not going to believe what he's wearing for this trip. Uh, it's a little ridiculous. We'll talk about it on the other side of it. It's the Ron and Don show. Everything's at Ron and Don. Sit down. Sit down.com. If you find yourself dreaming about a new home, go from just a dream to the dream team. Schedule your time at Ron and Don. Sit down.com. All right, you guys, let's finish up uh, episode uh, 169 of the Ron and Don Show. Ron's getting ready to travel. Before we do that, though, uh, Elephant Car Wash has been around since 1956. That iconic pink elephant, it looks like it's on its way to Mohai, and uh, they're going to demolish that car wash. 
I don't know what they're going to build, though, because nobody wants to live in downtown Seattle right now. What are they demolishing? Well, they're demolishing the car wash. Uh, actually, there's about a billion dollars of development that's happening right in that neighborhood. These these huge high-rise condominium buildings that are, that are super expensive, like the top floors will probably be $2 million plus. So th- there's there's a lot of investment going on right there, and it's the, the block right next to it. So it's either going to be another high-rise or parking or some sort of deal. So I, I, this one's tough for me because there are moments where I sort of feel nostalgic about Seattle uh, when you and I first moved. Like I was born in Washington, moved away, and then came back. And there, there was sort of a romantic veneer on that. It was gritty. Uh, grunge music was in the air. Uh, you could put on your flannel and your Doc Martens and go down to Rock Candy. And it w- there was a seediness to it, but also sort of a vibrancy where you might you know, there were nights where you and I were out together. It's like, oh my God, there's Lane Staley on a motorcycle right next to us. Or you could go into the crocodile and, and on uh, Wednesday night, you might see Mike McCready doing Van Halen covers uh, with some of the guys from Soundgarden. And so there was this scene that was happening. And part of that scene was places like, not that you would go there at night, but it was just part of the the whole vibe. You had clubs that had that were dirty and would give you a stiff drink. You'd walk by the car wash and see the elephant sign. And it has sort of this, this patina of Seattle to it. And, and we remember the battles that would wage over music venues that go under. And there's a whole thing about lost Seattle and all these places that are going under. But then a phrase that you like to use highest and best what's the highest and best thing that we could do with a lot right off of denny and about fifth fifth or sixth is it really a car wash like is that really the best use of that chunk of land probably not like the next block over there was a little record store skateboard shop that's going away too next block over is a one-story liquor store well, I bet the days are numbered on that building as well, because when you look at a, a city that has a Fortune 5 company, Amazon, that has been expanding and, and granted a lot of their business is going over to Bellevue, that needs office space, needs workers, needs restaurants, that real estate becomes the airspace, becomes the asset. Having a one-story liquor store or a one-story car wash uh, right there in downtown is not the highest and best use. Uh, having a multi-story building as we transform this downtown into more of a world-class city, that's what needs to happen. And so while I feel something, a uh, sense of loss, I also feel a sense of excitement to see what's going to go there in its place. Yeah, I hated that car wash. I went there one time in my truck. It ripped my mirror off. I was so pissed. And then I forgot that it ripped my mirror off. And there's something about that truck and that mirror. So I got the mirror fixed. A number of years later, I went through... Same machine, same thing, same result, mirror ripped off. Not going to miss that car wash. So goodbye. Grunge music, hated it. Never liked it. There's not a grunge song out there that I think is interesting or fun. I hate CD Dirty Seattle. I lived in it. I lived on Yale Street when everybody thought it was so cool. It wasn't cool. Uh, the reason you see people in tents all over Seattle right now is because everybody used to live next to me on Yale Street. Uh, and the difficulty that we have here in Seattle is we don't have enough housing. It's why people are living on the streets in tents, and you can't live in a car wash. So the thing that 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 does bother me, though, is if this just turns into $2 million high rises and there isn't affordable housing. And you know what I'm learning? I'm building a, a daddy in my backyard. 
it, it, it's not affordable to build affordable housing as I'm building this and I have to figure out ways. How can I take this data and how can I make money with it in order to pay the mortgage on this home, right? And I think there's a lot of people around here uh, that were willing to let go of the old uh, nostalgia of the city of Seattle. And at the same time, we got to make sure that there's room here for everyone to work, everyone to play, and everyone to live. And the Ballard's Commons, I went by there the other day, there's 70 tents out there, 70 tents in the Ballard Commons. Uh, my son and I went there to skateboard. I wouldn't let him skateboard, didn't feel safe. Uh, there's graffiti all over the skateboard bowl there now. Uh, the people that live there, they bathe in the, they basically have their own car wash there and the uh, pop-up uh, sprinkler system that they have, that's where they bathe. And there's just a dude sitting out there in the city truck just eating his lunch. Uh, and I saw him naff a little bit too. Uh, and he's just out there. If somebody needs something, uh, he's there to help them serve them. They can't move them around because of COVID. Police are nowhere to be found because the navigation teams have been fired. So really, as we, as we look at this city, if we're just like, hey, we're going to get rid of this car wash from 1956, and then we're going to put in some $2 million high rises, uh, I don't feel good about you know building that particular Seattle. We need to live, work, play. We need to make room for everyone. So finally, you're getting ready to travel. Go see your parents. How are you feeling about that? You haven't seen your mom and dad in a long time. Uh, I haven't seen my mom in a long time. I'm starting to feel emotional uh, about not seeing her. I really miss her. So Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing her. I'm not excited uh, to for the airplane part. So like I'm going to – I realize I'm going to look ridiculous. Uh, I am taking a, a – respirator that is a woodworking style respirator that has two separate air filters on it and it's a rubber housing because it's a, it's a relatively long flight and so when i get on the plane uh, and i'm going to be wearing this respirator for uh, quite a few hours i know that i'm going to get some sideways glances i'm also taking uh rubber gloves and hand sanitizer if i if i need it and so i'm just going to be as safe as i can um, see how it goes with that. I have some cloth backup ones if, if I need to go that route, if I just can't handle it anymore. But, um, yeah, so I'm just going to try to be smart. I'm going to see my folks. Uh, and I haven't seen them in a while, like you said. And you, you start to get to that age where it's like, okay, this is, there's a limited shelf life to everything. And, you know, there's only so many more times that I'm going to see them and they're going to see me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, that's a little morbid. I hate to even say it out no, loud, I, I but that's morbid. I think that's true. There's only so many more Christmases, so many right. more birthdays, so many more anniversaries. So you got to go. Yeah. And so my brother's coming down and my sister is, is making a Herculean effort to get there for a couple of days as well. So it's going to be a true family reunion. Um, we're all practicing social distancing and, you know, keeping safe and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, but it'll be good to to see everybody. Yeah. And the good thing is every time you travel south, there's a hurricane coming. So exactly. Hurricane Delta yep. should be down there. I'm a magnet. <laughs> you should go see your mom. What's that? Like, I don't think she wants to see me. I think she's tired of me. Fair. That's a fair point. That's <laughs> fair. Hey, you guys. Thanks for not being tired of us. Uh, we have our brand new books, our buyer's book, our seller's book. Lots of pictures of Ron and I in there. Because when you look at these books, it's really about us and our egos. It has nothing to do with sharing information with you. <laughs> it's kind of true. So if you want a picture book where we're pretending to tell you buying and selling information, just write us, Ron, uh, at windermere.com. Everything is at Ron and I. Sit down. I'm actually really proud of this. So if you're just beginning the journey... 
the mindset and you're not ready to sit down with us yet, but you want to start figuring out what are even the right questions if you're getting ready to buy or sell. I think these books will spark a lot of information for you. And they were specifically written for those of us here in Washington state because the rules are a little different here than they are in other parts of the country. Runitonsitdown.com. We can send you one in the mail or we can send you one electronically, whatever you guys would prefer. Thank you for loving us, caring about us, giving us the greatest lives in the world. We really do appreciate you. So we see you next time for episode 170. There was 700,000 listens of this podcast. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. And we'll see you right here on the Run and Don Radio Network. Only on the Run and Don Radio Network. You already said that. Ron and Don. <laughs> okay. You good? Yeah. Okay, let's get going.